Hey, it's Animation Celery's 100th episode spectacular. Crunchy conversations about centennial cartoons. So now JoJo can't be your first. It was me, Micah. Yep. Last one's a JoJo. Oh yeah, why not? Why not? Gotta put some of that in there. Mm. Uh, I'm Matsy. Yeah. And this is our final episode. Oh. Yeah, we're we're so much is going on nowadays that it's it's probably time to finish up. And mm. so we are doing the appropriate thing and looking at series finales. So Micah's gonna watch the final episode of Home Movies. And for mm. me, he gave me the final episode of Fables of the Green Forest. And so, for the last time, Micah, what's new with you? <laughs> well, I failed. It's been a busy week, so I haven't finished the latest uh, Oz book that I started. Oh, um, no! I can tell you what's going on in it, though, so far. Okay. It's The Lost Princess of Oz. Um, so, the premise is, is that Ozma, her magic picture, Glinda's magic book and all her laboratory, and the wizard's bag of tricks have all disappeared. Ah. So this is a really good premise for the story, given how much I hate how they just deus ex machina the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, nope, they're gone. So everyone theorizes that Ozma has been stolen, they say, not kidnapped, stolen. Hmm. Um, meanwhile, in Oz, surrounded by thorns, is a plateau that is the isolated land of the Yips. They're not weird. Sure. They're just, uh, you know, people called Yips. Mm. Um, I didn't say I don't think they're. And uh, there, a woman, <laughs> Cake the Cookie Cook. All it, right. Good name. Cake the yeah. Cookie Cook. Uh, is missing her diamond-studded pan. Somebody stole it, too, seemingly. Mm. Um, anyway, the heroes of Oz split up to scour the four quadrants. And I think for the most part, we're following Dorothy, the wizard, um, the other Dorothys, Betsy and Trot, <laughs> a slightly smarter, older version of Button Bright, um, the wooden sawhorse, Toto, Hank, Betsy's mule, it's a big group, and mm. the cowardly lion. Oh, him. Yeah, which I kind of like, because he doesn't get to do much in these books. He's sort of the forgotten original trio. Mm. Um, you get a lot of Tinman and Scarecrow, but he doesn't do very much, which is a shame, because he's actually kind of entertaining. Maybe, But maybe less is more for him. One of the things is that he remains cowardly, but he says some horrific things once in a while, you know? <laughs> so he'll say, like... Uh, um, Oh, it's good that you didn't. I would have been terrified and torn you apart. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so. I, I, I guess, you know, if you have issues with bravery, I guess you have to cope however you can. Yeah, I guess and the brave for, thing for him is not mauling you. Just wait a minute. I don't have to be afraid of things. I can maul them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, um... Marvelous Land of Oz cartoon. I'll always use those voices for the characters. <laughs> In my mind, that's what the that, what the Cowardly Lion sounds like, and and all the rest of them. Um, it's what in my mind, it's what Dorothy looks like too, for that matter. <laughs> um, oh, also the Woozy went with them. Boy, their group is just too big. The Woozy being that uh, Minecraft creature with a square body and square head and a square everything. <laughs> um, uh, meanwhile, 
uh, Cake the Cookie Cook, um, she's like the first uh, yip person to decide to leave. Uh, hmm. And it's to go on an expedition to find her lost cake pan. Um, maybe it's a cookie pan, actually. Her name is Cake, but she bakes cookies. Anyway, um, she's accompanied by the Frogman. Uh, is he? He was a regular frog. He might have been a talking frog, being in Oz, but I'm not sure. I think he got he got uh, carried by birds. It could have been from outside. Anyway, he was dropped onto that plateau, and he fell into a magic pond that made him grow real big and uh, get real smart. Well, smarter than he was before, anyway. Hmm. Um, so because he speaks with a lot of authority, and he uh, he dresses like a dandy, you know, with breeches and a top hat, um, all the yips honor his counsel because they think he's special. But hmm. in reality, he's making it all up. He's sort of a parallel to the way the wizard was a humbug. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's that's where I am right now with it. And, you know, it started off nice. I like it, so. Oh, okay. It's, I, I guess that's what you can hope for. <laughs> yeah. That'll be my next podcast. It's all Oz all the time. Ozcast. Um, yeah, it's almost that right now. Um, let's see. Uh, let's talk about some of the finales that I didn't pick for this episode. Okay. Um, just they didn't work. It was you had one in mind for quite a while, and I just kind of had to like scour and think about it. Um, I thought Samurai Pizza Cats would have been a good bookend. Hmm. Because your first uh, opening quote was Samurai Pizza Cats. Was it really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't even sure about them, but I find them a lot oh, of fun. But you said, yeah, oh, yeah. Got I, more I'm Matsy. Every... Yeah. Turtle. Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, yeah. Um, now I don't think the plot was that hard to follow. It's a two parter, but I could have just thrown the second part at you as a lot of nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I think it, it didn't really work that well. And, you know, I looked up some stuff and thought, oh, Samurai Jack's got an ending, which a lot of people dislike, but, and it's sort of, um, is one of those, uh, everybody I've met along the way bands together to help me against Aku kind of endings, you know, like, uh, um, mm. like that last Star Wars movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> very much like it. Um, and it was okay, but again, coming without context didn't seem right, you know? All right, okay. Um, let's see. One, there were like some endings that weren't proper endings. One that's kind of halfway that I had my mindset on for a long while was She-Ra Princess of Power. Oh, yeah. Yeah, does yeah. That ha- does that have an ending, or is it just the last episode they made? Well, sort of. It doesn't have a, like, oh, we defeated the Horde kind of ending, you know? Um, right. And it doesn't have a, you know, like, look, he tells you, well, that's the last one, you know? Yeah. But the episode is about Swiftwind's full, so... Yeah, it's kind of like life goes on. The, the idea is that uh, um, Swiftwind introduces Adora to his pregnant mate. <laughs> and um, Hordak... <laughs> Boy, this guy... This guy's a real jerk. He kidnaps the kidnaps Swiftwind's mate because if, if a unicorn, that is to say a horse with wings, um, mm-hmm. isn't, doesn't give birth on that island but gives birth somewhere else, the foal will just be a normal horse. Oh. Um, so, 
<laughs> um, <laughs> the chain of action, man, I should have done this episode. Uh, it eventually leads to, uh, to Shira riding the king of the unicorns. That is to say winged horses. Um, into outer space where she knocks a moon. <laughs> she like punches it somewhere else or kicks it. Um, yeah, just some real Silver Age Superman bonkers nonsense. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, in the end, the kind of like Swift one says like, you know, and, and his mates, say, even if he is just normal horse, he's still our, our, or still be our child. That's fine. Right. Right. But then they get to the island and he's born there. It's like, oh, thank God that didn't happen. <laughs> Although the thing that seems really weird about that is Swiftwind himself is a horse. It's only that's... when he transforms that he's a uh, unicorn. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Huh. He's, he got a taste of power and he's like, no. No son no of mine. <laughs> no, yeah, no son of mine. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be his dirty secret like a dad with a toupee. <laughs> <laughs> his, uh, his foal will catch him without his wings sometime. Um, all right, all right. So, so um, hmm. Oh, another thing I want to talk about, seeing how this is the last show, yeah. is stuff we just didn't get to do. Sure, that's a good thing. Yeah, Why yeah. Not? So... Uh, I have a little list here. Um, well, first of all, uh, Edion, one of our viewers, uh, brought up Paranoia Agent since it has such a good animation episode. Our last episode was about cartoons about cartoons, and it right. had a great one. But hmm. beyond that, Paranoia Agent would have been a good cartoon in general. Its premise is a little... Uh, okay, Paranoia Agent is an anime about um, a bunch of disc... Uh, of unconnected people. Uh, so each episode will be like a spotlight on a person and they'll be generally, they're in a situation where the pressure gets to them. And, um, as sort of a, uh, salvation angel, this weird kid in rollerblades with a bent aluminum baseball bat will come by and assault them. (laughs) <laughs> yes and they like welcome it a lot of the time because it's sort of like having this terrible thing happen to them will help them escape their life you know he doesn't kill them but it's just kind of like well now I don't have to face this or that because I got assaulted by this weirdo you know <laughs> okay um, yeah yeah it's kind of a weird series and yeah it, it did have an animation episode but I was yeah I would have liked to have brought that up one time or um, the creator of it uh, Satoshi Kon made numerous great movies too um so there's all kinds of times where i was like uh tokyo godfathers was particularly the one i wanted to bring up for for a christmas episode um it's that one's about um three homeless people who find an abandoned baby right and then go on a mission to return it on christmas which when it came out although i liked cone i thought man I heard all the parallels, like, oh, these guys are the three wise men and the baby is Jesus. And I thought, oh, this is so contrived. I'm just not. I'm just not. And then I saw it and it's great. But <laughs> All right. <clears throat> um, so let's see. I figured that at some point we were going to do an Inhumanoids episode at least. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I, 
I, I, I, I'm see now you've got me thinking about stuff that I never got to. Oh yeah, well, and by all means. I, I mean, well, I'll, I'll get to that. Don't worry, okay. I'm not going to cut you off. Okay, but like you're it, just saying that it's like yeah, and humanoids is great. Like, forget the fact that it gets a little stupid after a while. <laughs> I think the very last episode. Oh, talk about bad season finales, um, or series finales. Uh, you know, you know Metlar, the chief of the Inhumanoids. I think so. He's a monster in a scale mill uh, singlet. <laughs> that uh, yeah, and he he he's big and strong, and he has lava in his mouth that he grabs with his uh, with his clawed hand and hurls at you. I think I remember. For me, like. In humanoids is one of those cartoons. First of all, I found it very scary when I was. It young. is. There's some very scary episodes. But also, you know, my my first touchstone, as mm-hmm. many things in the '80s were, is the toy. Because you know, first oh, you they're see impressive. commercials. First you see commercials for the toy, then it's like, oh, there's a cartoon based on it. Yeah, yeah. And so it was one of those things where I just kind of gravitated to the toy that I wanted, mm-hmm. which in this case was. The skeleton man decompose. Well, he's got a hinged ribcage. Yeah. Um, and as a result, I was just not interested in any of the other characters. Like, I don't care unless it's decompose. And so as a result, I found the leader guy, Metlar, did you say his name was? Yeah, yeah. I found him boring because he wasn't decompose. <laughs> well, he, but that's, decompose what, that's a me problem. That's well, they, a me problem. <clears throat> they both have lesions. Decompose, his touch makes you undead, which is pretty yeah. scary. Yes. You know, it's kind of like when you said that Ketomono getting hit in the head with a knife and he just like fell dead, but there wasn't a bunch of embellishment was scary. Yeah. It's the same way Decompose is this giant who just daintily pokes you with his claw and then you mutate into a zombie. Um, yeah. But Metlar has a similar thing where uh, his lava is life-giving to statues. Yeah. So the first time they go underground and near Metlar's lair, uh, <laughs> he's pulled a bunch of Confederate monuments and animated them. <clears throat> so there's like, yeah, this is like, uh, for people not from the U.S., it's like U.S. Civil War, the wrong side, the slavery side. Uh-huh. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's soldiers on horses, you know, also, also stone horses. Anyway, um, at one point, Metlar uh, wants to make himself a wife. So he <laughs> steals the Statue of Liberty. He animates her. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is that he becomes real henpecked after that. The Statue of Liberty is like Fran Drescher. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so at the end, I don't know, she, she's she's lying down and eating her version of bonbons or whatever while he's work, at work or something. I think that's the the last uh, Inhumanoids cartoon. Um, uh, let's see. Um, okay, so we didn't do any Bluth stuff. Over the course of the show. Hey, you're right. Yeah, yeah. And I kept thinking, I don't know, like, I have plans, but then when it comes time, usually I'll message you and then I'll say, what should we do? And I'll have a suggestion, right? And the suggestion I'll make on the moment. Right. The one that I never did was direct to video. Mmm, that would have been good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to do Bartok the Magnificent. <laughs> it's good. It's really good. Okay. Um, it's got really nothing to do with Anastasia except that, you know, there's a bat voiced by Hank Azaria, but it's a lot mm. of fun. Um, huh. we also could have done Banjo the Woodpile Cat because that's only like 20 minutes. Hmm. Mm, yeah. I, let me see. 
I mean, there's there's a lot of Don Bluth that I have not seen. Um, hmm. I mean, because, well, you know, it's for as we, much as he loves animation, the stories were always kind of second rate after a while. Sometimes. Yeah. What would would you want a good one or a bad one? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I think I might have wanted to see uh, Rock-A-Doodle just Oof. for the sake of having seen Rock-A-Doodle. I've seen it. It's not one of the good ones. Well, there you There's go. There's interesting stuff, but... No, you know what always confuses me is when they sh- when they say that uh, a movie was inadequately promoted, but then I think... I saw ads on TV for this all the time. Yeah. I saw ads for Rockadoodle all the time, and they all struck me as, well, that looks terrible. Yeah, and I think that's kind of like... Part of the thing with Don Bluth, at least in the later, you know, as it got into the 90s, where Disney, you know, they did The Little Mermaid and suddenly it was a renaissance where every Disney movie was an epic. Yeah. And then Don Bluth is still making the stuff that Disney made in, like, the immediate aftermath of Walt Disney's death. You know, though, uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven had the had the misfortune of coming out the same year as Little Mermaid. Hmm. I think I like it better than Little Mermaid. Uh, it's, it's okay. Like, well, it's I, not like my fave by any yeah, means, but, yeah, yeah. but I like it, you know, if, if you it's, ask me which one I, I had to watch right now, I would say all dogs. As opposed to Little Mermaid. Yeah. Mm, that's an interesting question. Which would I rather watch? I, I mm. guess I might want to watch all dogs go to heaven by virtue of me not knowing it as well. So mm. there would be, you know some novelty to it. Well, this like, comes, I this remember, I remember that the dog dies in a car. Yeah. I remember that Dom DeLuise is in it. And yeah. I remember <laughs> happy birthday, Chawhi. Yeah. 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 Um, oh yeah. There's a lot of weirdness in there. Ooh, I wanted to have a look at transformers. Oh shoot. I have the wrong series here. I said robots in disguise, but I like that series, but not that one. Transformers animated is the one I meant. Um, you know that oh, one? Um, it looks um, like Teen Titans. Yeah, I I think I do know the one that you mean. Yes. It's kind of, at a glance, it seems like a real turnoff, right? Because the characters are all weebing out, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, one thing, we're talking about the toys. I think the toys for animated were pretty good. Oh, yeah. I never owned any of them, but yeah, they looked good. You know, like... When you think of the original Transformers, a lot of those toys did not look so good. <laughs> yeah, um, the um, the first run of that, like, boy. Um, especially, like, not to, not Takara, but the other company that mm, did the mini cars. Well, the those mini were not car- so good. The mini cars, I mean, they were nothing special, but some of the bigger ones, like, um, like Ironside and Ratchet, were just travesties. <laughs> well, yeah. All right. Um, yeah, they were pretty bad. Megatron was not very good. No. I knew um, somebody who had Megatron. He's clunky. It was a, you know, some of these Transformers were a real hassle. You see some of the modern takes that try to make them cartoon accurate, but mm. like the way that Megatron transforms is just bonkers. You know, the yeah. amount of little flips and, you know, things you have to invert and whatever to get him to look like the cartoon. I was actually thinking about that recently. I think it was while I was driving back from, um, uh, 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 a, a cancer thing and mm. there was some car on the road that 
for some reason, it reminded me of, uh, it wasn't a police car, but it reminded me of Prowl because I had Prowl. Mm -hmm. And I started thinking in that moment, like, man, actually transforming some of the more elaborate transformers was like, not, you know, it was a fun thing to do in the same way that building a Lego set is fun to do. Right. But right. if you're in the middle of playing with your friends or it's like, oh, Megatron's attack attacking, I better turn into a robot. And then it's like, pause for five minutes to flip every piece <laughs> of out. Like it didn't really, it was yeah. not really conducive to actually have the transformation a part of your play with those toys. I guess better when you're by yourself, I guess. And yeah, so, like I said, like building, the, building yeah. the Lego set, like, you know, I, right. I could turn prowl back and forth from a police car. All I wanted when I was by myself, but you know, playing yeah. a game with my friends, it's like, no, nah, that's going to take too much time. Let's well, just... there's also, there's also weird logistical things there. Like, mm. okay. So Optimus prime, he has the creation matrix in his hinged chest. Well, like decompose. <laughs> um, okay. His chest has some truck windows on it. Yep. Okay. So he transforms into the cab of a truck. Yeah. Um, where does the matrix go? Um, Raven suggested in the glove compartment. <laughs> All right. That's good as answer as any. <laughs> and for that matter, where does his cushioned vinyl seats go? Uh, hmm. Everything gets easier when you say that uh, Transformers force shift, and that's why some of them can get real small, you know. Yeah. So yeah. I I guess that they just force shift their seats. So maybe somewhere inside Optimus Prime, there's some miniature miniature car seats. Yeah, I'm trying to think because I I owned the Optimus Prime toy, and I'm trying. It was pretty good. Yeah. It was all right. Um, mine for some reason something weird. I don't know if something broke in it or what, but the mm. legs mm. Um, started spring loading back up. So they wouldn't mm. like once you turn because the, the legs were the the back part of the cab that the the, mm. the container attaches to. Right. Yeah. And you swing them down to transform them. But for some reason, something springy in there had shot. And so the legs wouldn't stay down in leg position. They would always they keep flipping they backward, could flip back up into truck <laughs> position. Okay. Um, but anyway, I'm trying to think of what the cab slash chest looked like. Because I, I remember the back of the cab were his upper arms. Yeah. And does he, he have see-through windows? He doesn't, yes. I don't think. Does yes. He does? Yeah, oh. he does, yes. Okay. Well, that's um, weird. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Hmm. But there was no... I mean, you know, the toy was before they decided that there was a matrix of leadership, so... It well, I mean, it doesn't have one. Sure. But there's all kinds of weird weirdness when thinking about how they transform. But uh, yeah. uh, anyway, so Transformers animated. Um, the more I looked into it, like it, it's a sickness I have where I don't really <laughs> like to see reboots of things, especially things that <laughs> reboot like two or three times a decade. Yeah. <laughs> but and Transformers is one of those. And yet at the same time, my my childhood heart is there and just interested like oh this is cool oh, it's a new take on transformers every time i go by a comic shelf and they got transformers i'm like oh and i have to slap myself you know <laughs> no don't do it but that said animated seems to be a pretty neat take on it so hmm. it's too bad we didn't do this um let's see um i wanted to sneak in another jojo's episode hey 
and I, I had like two candidates that I thought were good. Um, one of them from Stardust Crusaders, the one where they're all traveling from Japan to Egypt um, and fighting stand users along the way where the, the group gets divided. And uh, both episodes, it's like a two-parter. So uh, in the one instance, one of them has to deal with a guy who's stand that if it touches your shadow, uh, for the length that it touches your shadow, it can, it, it can decrease your age. Oh, yeah, so Polnareff, one of the characters, he has to solo this guy. Uh, he keeps on getting tagged by the stand and becoming younger and younger. <laughs> and as a consequence, not only becomes weaker, but also forgets things that he knows as an, as an adult. So, hmm. yeah, it's it's a very cool episode of watching him cat and mouse to get away from this guy. Right. Um, and then the other half, which is probably what I would have chosen... <laughs> um, <laughs> is one where uh, uh, Joseph Joestar, not the main character of this, of this series, but the, uh, the, of the prior one. But anyway, he's, he's the elder in this one, okay. the grandpa of the current Jojo. Um, he unknowingly gets cursed by Stand so that he's magnetic. <laughs> and uh, um, his companion, uh, traveling companion, Avdol, gets magnetized too. And then it's just a lot of funny stuff of them trying to deal with the fact that they keep sticking to stuff and to each other and having to coordinate to walk and stuff. Very <laughs> funny episode. Um, the other candidate that I would have picked would be from the next season, Diamond is Unbreakable. One where current uh, Jojo Josuke and his, uh, um, his thug pal um, meet a new character, this little boy, little weird looking boy, who has a stand... It's one of those one of those stands that's like a lot of little guys. And it's a long range one, so they can go all over the town. And this little boy essentially uses all these little stands to go around the town collecting all the loose change. <laughs> so he's got actually a fairly substantial amount of money whenever they do that. Um and uh uh Josuke and Okuyasu um decide, you know what? Why don't we help you out here? If you cut us in, we'll give you, we'll tell you how to use the stand for something better. And so then the stand starts collecting other stuff like coupons or, you know, uh, vouchers you can redeem for things. Um, <laughs> the thing is, this little boy is really sweet until money gets involved. And then he keeps trying to swindle them. <laughs> <laughs> and at one point they find a winning lottery ticket and it becomes a big deadly chase. It's a pretty fun fun episode i think to just do a one-off on <laughs> let's see uh the other one on my list is i would have liked to have done more dc animated universe stuff hmm the one in particular that i wanted to do was their take on the death of superman um, oh interesting yes it's a two-parter which is one of the reasons why i never did um if we'd done another two-part show i would have done it i think hmm. um and okay so uh, oh, shoot. What's his name? The guy who kills him in the comics. Um, uh, uh, Darkseid? No, it's not Darkseid. Doomsday. Doomsday. I, that yes, was my it, first guess, but I thought that doesn't sound right. Yeah. Um, okay, so although Doomsday is in the animated series, he doesn't do him in here. It's Toy Man seems to vaporize him. Oh, um, how ignoble. Yes. Well, well, he protects, he protects other people that the shot was for. Right. Um, so... Uh, 
that first episode is like how the world adjusts to there being no Superman and the funeral and, you know, like everybody showing up to it. Um, But then the cliffhanger at the end is that Superman is very much alive and on a weird world with a red sun. So his powers don't work right. Hmm. Um, And so the second episode is how he gets by uh, discovering eventually that he's actually way in the future on Earth. So oh. far to the extent that the sun has changed. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's a red dwarf, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, um, it's him, you know, getting by without powers. Yeah. Very, very good episodes. But, you know, woulda, coulda. I guess you could watch them anyway. They're cool. Yeah. In fact, I, I would recommend the uh, Justice League and Justice League Unlimited gen- in general. I think it's good. Good stuff. Hmm. Yeah. Well, anyway. Uh, so... That's what I got, Matsy. How about yourself? Um, I was going to leave a bunch of room to talk about and to show stuff, Mm -hmm. uh, which we just did, kind of. Um, Now I've got me... I didn't make a list of things that I would have liked to... I I wish I had, because that was a really good idea. I wish I had thought Mm -hmm. of that, but... um, I should have coordinated. Cyber 6. Cyber 6 is another one. Oh, yeah, Cyber 6. We We never looked at any on this. Yeah, we should have done that. And it's such a good unknown for people who aren't Canadian, so... Yeah, yeah. But I w- I'm thinking, like, I don't know. Um, I would have liked to look at more little kids sh- cartoons. I like those. Those are always... Because, you know, um, mm. remember Peep in the Wide World? Like, Yeah. That was a solid show. Yeah, and, it was. And um, obviously Bluey. Oh, Bluey's I'm, fantastic. Oh, you're still watching more of that, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was... My parents... Um, I think I mentioned last week that my parents watched some of it without me around. Yes. Well... <laughs> Well, they've continued to watch it. And in fact, my parents have this rule that they sometimes enact where one of them is not allowed to watch something without the other because they don't, they, they want to both see it. And they sometimes the kiss of death, because you're just like, it's held hostage from you while the other Mm. person decides never to watch it. Well, they've enacted that rule with Bluey because Mm. they like it so much that they want to watch it. And we were watching some of it. Um, I was, I was over there this week and watching some more of it, man, watching that show with someone who has raised three children and babysat several others. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. There was an episode called ice cream. It was the hardest I've seen my mom laugh in a long time. It was like that, that wheezing, like scrubbing the tears from your face, like, non-stop and my dad was losing his mind as well but it was just like i won't go into detail because you know you're gonna watch the episode eventually but yeah the basically the kids got ice cream Mm -hmm. and they figured you know one of them got mango one of them got strawberry and they figured well you know it's hard to decide but hey we can taste each other's Mm. and the meat of the episode is them preparing to lick the other's ice cream but being but each one is suspicious of how big a lick the other is going to take. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And so it was like, your tongue is out that far. And my mom was just losing her mind, just like laughing her head off at this, at these kids. Um, <laughs> my brothers would always ask for a bite of my hamburger. Yeah. And they would leave me a crescent moon. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, I have to say, I've, I've been looking into it a little bit. Yeah. Because Bluey does not have um 
it doesn't list the voice credits for the children, only the adult characters. Yeah, I guess they want them to be free of that. Yeah, apparently that was a that was a conscious decision. Because yeah. all the kids in the show are friends or family of the crew of the show. Well, they're um, pretty good. They're very natural, which I guess a lot of voice, a lot of kids are when they put into this. The, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Whoever is doing the voice of Bluey is mm. incredible. Mm. What a fantastic actress. I But maybe, like I said, maybe just natural. Like maybe... Maybe when they're recording, it is kind of like just the show where they're like make believing and they're laughing because it's, you know, real and fun for them. Maybe. I yeah. don't know. Um, I was reading online because if you look at the seasons, season one is 52 episodes and season two is 52 episodes and season three, I believe is 37 episodes. Mm. Apparently, season three is not done. They're still okay. they are working on more bluey, but there is some controversy because or conspiracy theories that some people are thinking have they had to stop because the voices have changed right um so i wonder six forever yeah well i wonder how old this actress is and you know good on them i think for not um making those names public yeah because could you imagine being a six-year-old girl who's the voice of Bluey and everybody knows that it's the voice of Bluey. This I think... snuck up on me. Like, I hadn't even heard of this cartoon. And then when you brought it up, I, lo I was looking it up. It's like, wow, this thing is popular. It's the most downloaded or purchased or whatever show mm. from Australia. <laughs> well, and for whatever it matters, Natalie Portman and Ryan Gosling love it. Yeah. And then I was just pointing out to Raven, like, she's just looking at TikToks, you know, and they appropriate music for whatever. And I'm like, hey, that's Bluey. And she didn't know, right? But yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But anyway, um, what else was I going to say? I didn't want to Yeah, I guess. Kids shows, yeah. I guess I'm thinking with Bluey, like, is the lesson we took from My Little Pony not that friendship is magic, but that fans can't be trusted? <laughs> well... I don't, there are not many vo kid voice actors. I think most of the kids are adults Mostly. in My Little Pony. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, um, yes. Adult, yes, adult definitely. Voice actors. But yeah. what, I, what I mean is, like, when My Little Pony came out, everybody became obsessed with that show to an unhealthy degree. And well. could you imagine Bluey if, like, the voices <laughs> were common knowledge? Like, if everybody just, knew who that person was? It's like I was saying when, you know, I looked this up and it's like, you know... <laughs> DVR, this is my blue Sona, you know, it's a, <laughs> there's, a, there's a bunch of people drawing dog characters and then, you know, drawing Bluey and Bingo as semi-realistic furries and yeah. Blue Sona. <laughs> yeah. That's the best. Um, um, but yeah. Well, so I don't know. That, that was like Tiny Toons, you know, you reviewed Tiny Toons last episode and apparently the creators were aghast that people sexualized the uh, their, oh, their characters. Yeah, like the animators. Well, I was going to say. Come on. And everybody who draws is a pervert. Come on. Oh, that was that. What was that episode? The Amazing Three. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sheesh. Well, in the, in the first episode, she does kind of like a, uh, a Jessica Rabbit thing. So, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, and, and it, cartoons existed way before then, too. I'm sure that, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, I mean, look at Fred Fl or not Fred. Wilma and Betty. Oh, Fred's a total bear. What are you talking about? Yeah, okay. 
Um, but yeah, let's see. I'm just kind of looking at a list of cartoons here, seeing if there's anything that catches my eye. Uh, mm-hmm. Untalkative Bunny is one that not we a lot of people about know. A lot, we we both love that show. Yeah, yeah. Um, What's that? Mona the Vampire. That would have been kind of oh. amusing. You kind of in your wheelhouse. You like that kind of thing. Eh, hello. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, well, I know. Like, I guess there's a variety of different styles of show. Yeah. You know, like some are oddball picks. Like, you never heard of this. Yeah. Like, that would have been if I had done the Paranoia Agent uh, yeah. episode for the cartoons. But I thought, like, I do that sometimes. But sometimes it's like, no, no, the Tiny Toons is like a touchstone. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else do I have to say? I got this new flavor of Coca-Cola. Uh, oh, yes. Do you remember, uh, maybe it was a year ago, they had this flavor. I think it was like called like Starlight flavor or something. No. It was, I couldn't identify what flavor it was. It was kind of cotton candy-ish, sort of. Yeah. So this, so this new Coca-Cola I got here is transformation flavored. Does it's it make coke. you grow big boobs and then grow 20 feet, 200 feet tall? And... No, nah, it's coconut. Oh. Yeah, hmm. coconut coke. All right. Oh, oh we never, okay, oh, we never looked at the smoggies. Yes, that was, <laughs> I was thinking about that too, yeah. I'm still looking over this well, list, yeah. We still can. Why don't we hit pause? We'll look at some smoggies episodes. <laughs> no, that's okay. You know what? I did look. Yeah. I, I did look to see if it had a season, a series finale, and it was like, it was one of those, it just ended. It didn't really have a finale. Right. <laughs> hmm. So, yeah. Um, I just uh, found a very small, there's only nine episodes, and I'm wondering how long these episodes are. Uh, it's called uh, The Oz Kids in Little Wizard Stories. Huh. Oh, yeah. We could have had uh, <laughs> our... Like an Oz month or something. Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> Maybe just pick whatever month that uh, debuted, the the MGM one debuted in theaters. Yeah. Um, oh, well. Um, yeah. A bunch oh, of I've... French cartoons we didn't do as well. Like sure. we did way, way back, we did Legend of Calamity Jane, but then there's, especially in Canada, we we got to see a lot of these weird French cartoons like Redbeard and Ivanhoe and... Oh, boy. Blake and Mortimer. So. Oh, jeez, Blake. By the tartan of Clan McGregor. Whoa, 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 what are we going to do? Oh, Blake? wait a minute. What? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, I don't know. We've rambled long enough. How about we get to the what we're actually going to do? All right, all right, all right, all right. Um, I'm looking at a cartoon called Home Movies, and the particular episode is Focus Grill, directed by Lauren Bouchard. Hey. That's uh, 2004. Um, so what do you got to know about this cartoon? Um, it's about children who, uh, after school, they make home movies. See, it was a different era. Uh, back then, it was... Uh, I'm not sure when back... Do you know when this series takes place? I would I'm, say late, late 80s, early 90s, yeah? I don't know. I think it's modern day. Is it? The t- I mean, it seems... Well, well, at the time, that would have been the 90s. Well, yeah, because yeah. like they're they're recording on VHS because remember DVDs right. started to show up around like what, 99, 98, something like that. So, hmm. I mean, it's not as crazy as you think. All right. So, yes, there's kids who make home movies uh, with their video camera and in camera editing, which would often make little instances of noisy snow between the edits. 
Yeah. Um, not like home movies, like just recording things that happen around the house, but like, like actual movies. Right. Right. Genre flicks. Yeah. Um, anyway, one of these, uh, movie makers is Brendan small who kind of looks like a human Woody woodpecker. <laughs> um, darn you, Walter Lance, Walter uh, Lance. <laughs> he and his friends, Melissa and Jason, like, like we're saying, they make short skits movies, but they're, you know, they're, they're not that long. Um, Brendan's family includes his divorced, unemployed mother, Paula. So all the wikis describe her <laughs> um, and an adopted baby sister. Uh, he does have kind of a uh, he has a pseudo father figure kind of thing going on with the soccer coach McGurk. Uh, that guy is an irresponsible blowhard, a uh, a real H. John Benjamin type. <laughs> so it's it's kids making movies. That's the premise. Now find out how it ends. So the first shot of this episode is a frame within a frame. So you know it's a movie that's being recorded. And this one is in black and white because it's film noir. Brendan and Melissa portray awkward spy banter. As is often the case, they're making the movie on the soccer field. But even though Coach McGurk complains, they improvise well. And then Jason appears as a mysterious paperboy who runs off with the soccer ball, which, you know, for purpose of their narrative, is full of diamonds. And then we cut uh, to this movie being watched in Brendan's basement, where other kids are previewing it and acting as a focus group. You know, that's like people who take an early look at a movie and maybe get it changed based on how they feel about it. Um, so after watching that movie with the very odd ending, they're given pads to write out comments. Uh, the filmmakers leave uh, so they can write their criticisms in private and they go up to the kitchen. From the kitchen window, they note Coach McGurk setting up a new barbecue grill in the backyard, or at least he's quibbling with Paula about the size of it and the cost. Uh, it seems to the eyes of Andrew's friends that Paula and McGurk might kind of be getting chummy and uh, further that putting together a grill is kind of a dad thing. <laughs> uh, as they discuss Paula's prospects on the dating scene, it comes up that little Melissa herself has started wearing makeup, really a little too much makeup. Um, Brendan and Jason tell a white lie about how good it looks, but really they're only sort of telling so that in fact, they're really kind of making fun of her. Um, <laughs> she goes like, I sat down in front of the mirror and then Jason's in front of a mirror. Really? <laughs> <laughs> um, so they, they return to the focus group and none of them like the movie. Fenton, a real Danny sex bang looking kid, <laughs> uh, only wrote boo on his card, but even so, he really wants to discuss the problems about the movie in depth. You know, it's, it's easy to be a critic, but this kid's analysis is way beyond his years. Yeah, that's the um, that's kind of Fenton's character is he's a, a recurring character who just wants all the attention on himself. <laughs> he's one of those. But actually, guys, right. A little bit. It's more like he wants to participate in everything and be the star. He's like, hey, Brendan, oh. Brendan, can we be best friends? Brendan, I want to be in your movie, too. The, the movie uh, should be about okay. me. Hmm. I guess he's the antagonist of the episode, sort of. Um, yeah. 
So Melissa and Brandon argue afterward because they're angry about the reviews, but Jason brings them back together by drawing out an old cassette from days gone by. They review it and seeing their old moody biker movie, it renews their filmmaking vision. There's not much to this movie. It's just kids on tricycles arguing about uh, running or staying to fight. They realize that this old movie doesn't have a proper ending. It's their first Melissa, movie, in fact. Yeah, their first one. Um, Melissa suggests that they should make an ending to the movie now. Brendan proposes that each of the three make an ending and let the focus group judge which one of them is the best. Uh, in the next scene, Brendan goes to his backyard to chat, chat with unreliable Coach McGurk, who has drunk more beers than he has assembled grill parts. Um, drunk Coach offers that the ending with the movie should be a cookout, uh, because he's totally going to put this grill together. Anyway, fast forward to the focus group and the new endings. In Melissa's edit, it turns out that her hard biker chick is really Princess Pretty, and her magic wand changes the other two into princes who are good at fighting. And then there's some clumsy wire work that fails to make her fly off. Anyway, the, the focus group hates it. And <laughs> happy twosome of the group, Walter and Perry, make sure to slam her garish makeup too. <laughs> Walter and Perry in the design, they're just straight up Muppets. Yeah. Um, all right. So next is Jason's ending. But apparently he hasn't grown much as a filmmaker. In it, a big monster shows up and throws up all over the kids, and the puke dissolves them all. That's pretty cute. They have, it's a sandbox full of whatever they put used for, for puke yeah. with skeletons. But then there's just like random food items in there too, like <laughs> slices of pizza and stuff. <laughs> so then there's a Planet of the Apes ending homage. And also, also, somehow they made it in 3D so that the puke really seems to leap out of the screen. I mean, like, really, the kids are wearing 3D glasses. <laughs> anyway, Brendan's ending is not ready, apparently, but hypercritical yet avid viewer and I, uh, attention seeker, uh, Fenton, demands to see it. Anyway, I guess days pass because it's been a week and the grill hasn't been made yet. Um, further, Paula catches Coach having sent her son out to buy beer for him. Anyway, while Brendan has his mom's attention, he asks her to advise Melissa about her makeup. So she takes Melissa for a little girl talk. Uh, the small mother tries to be positive, but it's not getting through. And then as they keep chatting, the roles flip and the kid's candidness exposes her insecurities. And she would like rather not talk about her situation. And there's a similar dialogue playing out between Brendan and McGurk. Uh, you know, like maybe he's overcomplicating this whole deal of building the grill, you know, like as a metaphor for insinuating him into his and Paula's life. Hmm. Anyway, finally, Brendan makes his ending. The weary road warriors decide to leave their dangerous lifestyle and make a dwelling out of their bikes and the grill parts. It's a big heap of rubbish on which Brendan stands and pontificates about the glory of their shared future. The final shot transitions to the basement TV as before, and the focus group especially hates this ending. They throw popcorn and juice boxes and other items at the screen, and kudos to them for one of the items being a fudgesicle 
that splats and slides down and smears the screen. <laughs> um, later, the kids review their body of work and they think about the meaning of it all. Making terrible movies, that is. And simply, they just do it. It's their purpose and their bond. And that profundity is interrupted when the grill is finally ready. But it's not really. They're all in the backyard, and the grill just keeps leaking gas. And it malfunctions and blows up real good. Next, we see the charred group, that is the small family, Melissa, Jason, and Coach McGurk, driving together to eat out at a restaurant. Along the way, Brendan's filming outside the car window, but a bump makes him drop the camera on the road and another car runs over it. So maybe, in a definitive sense, home movies are over. He... I personally like to think that he gets another camera, rediscovers his hobby in a year or two. But... Um, yeah, I, I remember being shocked by that ending when I saw it. I was like, whoa! That's brutal. Yeah, that you know they're discussing about what to eat, and he's just like still looking back through the back window. Yeah, like it's like now in with, with knowing what's going to come mm -hmm. by the time Brendan gets older, once he's old enough to actually start making movies seriously, mm. cameras are everywhere. Like him, well, him being able to make and edit movies is not a unique, expensive proposition. Like I said, the barrier to entry is lower in technology, mm -hmm. but it still takes a will to make movies. It's still hard. Oh, yeah. So people making TikTok videos, you know, people, <laughs> I guess what it's opened up for is uh, stuff like, uh, uh, oh, what is it? The movie pitch guy? <laughs> oh. that, that kind of thing is opened up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, though, that's why I'm asking about the time period, is that one of the co-creators of the show is Brendan Small, mm -hmm. who the main character is named after, and who he also voices. So, yeah. I'm presuming this is semi-autobiographical. Maybe, but also, what I've noticed with Lauren Bouchard, in, the, yeah. in this era, at least, because he made, the first show he made, was, as far as I know, was Dr. Katz. Yeah. professional therapist, which was just like real life stand-up comedians coming in and doing therapy. That's <laughs> doing stand-up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And boy, some of the funniest stand-up routines I've ever heard get nothing when there's a, it's funny, you know, you get nothing from you. Well, you, yeah. Like something like, um, what was that comedian? He was very funny and then he killed himself. Uh, Mitch Hedberg. Mm. Oh, yes. Okay. So Mitch Hedberg, I remember watching a routine of his and just dying. Like, I was like, it was the funniest well, they got, thing ever. They got ever. stage presence when they're just a vibrating drawing. It's kind of like. Well, that, hmm. but also there's no reaction. Like, he tells this joke. Right. And the reaction is Dr. Katz going, hmm. Right. Like, boy, <laughs> that falls flat. But anyway. Yeah. The point is, they tend to use real names a lot. Um, I see. But Brendan Small is Brendan Small. Uh, his mom was originally voiced by Paula Poundstone, which is why she's Paula. Right. He's John McGurk, voiced by John Benjamin. Uh, Melissa is voiced by, I can't remember her last name, but Melissa. She was a producer of some stripe. Um, okay. Uh, I'm trying to think other characters. Walter, mo most of the other characters, I guess, did have real. Oh, uh, one of the teachers. There's another teacher. Um, I 
oh man, I can't remember his name, but his his name is the same as the actor who plays him. Maybe oh. it was just a thing at the time. Yeah. Because like Joe Apatow does that all the time too, where our characters in movies are just named after the real life people. Yeah. 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 That was just kind of the thing with home movies was that hmm. most, the majority of the characters were just named whatever the voice actor's name was. Be- and hmm. also, um, the first season of home movies was heavily improvised. To the point well, that I actually find it very hard to watch. Well, also hard to watch is that it's got the same squiggle vision style as Dr. Katz. Yeah, they, you know, it's kind of learning it's as just, you go. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like Stimpy's method to animating, or at least the way he describes it, where you just draw the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Um, whereas this, the, the look of this, okay, so like, this show looks kind of like Homestar Runner. <laughs> yeah. Like, especially in the way characters move. Like, <laughs> who was it? It might have been McGurk. I can't remember. Who just sidles off the screen. Like, his hips are waggling as he just kind of <laughs> drifts left yeah, to right. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, in Homestar Runner, in one of the Halloween cartoons, Bubs actually dressed as Coach McGurk once. Oh, yeah, that fits. Fits on body type. You know, I was yep. going to do my comparison here that, okay, so it looks like Homestar Runner, especially the, the backgrounds, but yep. also the character's clothing extends to cover their hands. Nobody has a bare hand on this show. Nope. Um, and Coach McGurk wears a, fo- a footy and handy onesie, just like Coach Z. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I'd been thinking, like, uh, so this is old enough. What software do they use? Because I thought it might be an interesting answer. It isn't. It's Flash. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Which is another reason why it looks like Homestar Runner, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. So... Uh, yeah, so as you noted, it's co-created by Brendan Small and Lauren Bouchard. Yep. Of course, you're a big Lauren Bouchard lover who went on to make Bob's Burgers. Well, I don't know that I'd say I'm a big Lauren Bouchard lover. You're a big Lauren Bouchard consumer. I, to some extent, I haven't watched Bob's Burgers since the movie, actually. I guess, but, and, you, um, and maybe you fell off on uh, The Great North. Yeah, he's he's kind of peripherally involved in that. Um, other yeah. people created it, you know, just enough so that it looks like him. But he had another series called Central Park. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently the kids in that, by the way, are wearing the same clothes as Melissa and Jason in home movies. So they're the same suddenly. person, I think, right? Um, I don't know. He but, carries forward a lot of the same voice actors, too. Yeah, he does. The, the Central Park is terrible. Oh, my is God. It? I couldn't finish it. I couldn't get past, like, three episodes. I only remember the name. It's it's one of those... I've, I'm trying to remember when I've complained about this before. Mm. A musical where the music gets in the way of the plot. Like All of them. It's like they'll say, hey, here's a yeah. thing that's happening. And then two minutes of a song about the one thing. And then 30 seconds right. of moving on to the next thing. And then another two minutes of the song about that thing. And I'm just like... Go, go, move, 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 more, more. Get, can we, like, sometimes I, say, I guess you don't like any musicals. <laughs> ah, c- Centaur World. Well, it depends. If the music is good, you're okay with it. If it's bad, then you really want it to get going. Some of the songs in Central Park were a bit catchy, but it was just the pacing okay. of it. Like, the pl- like it, the plot just would not move because it kept getting stuck on songs. Um, hmm. Also, the, um, the famous episode of My Little Pony, uh, magical mystery cure I mean, you're famous the, yeah, yeah oh my god it's you know important episode because that's when twilight becomes an alicorn but boy that episode is bad anyway mm. that, that's that has nothing to do with home movies um well, you you know 
for musical cartoons, hmm? um, Brendan Small went on to produce Metalocalypse. Oh. <laughs> which is a cartoon actually do... I, I, I haven't watched a lot of it, but I like it. Okay. Yeah. Um, just as a sequel follow-up unofficial thing, mm-hmm. there's a cartoon, or there was a cartoon, called Clarence. Um, okay. Which is about some weirdo kid. And apparently there's one episode where they went to a video store and the guy in the video store was this young adult or teenager with a name tag that said Brendan and had Mm. red hair and I think might have been voiced by Brendan Small. I see. So unofficially, Brendan went on to work in a movie store. So I guess he's on the streets now. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe he works the other shift on Clerks. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, okay. of course that place shut down there too they, i don't even in the sequel know. they both were to work at a burger restaurant anyway well they're back in the third one apparently um i think i haven't seen clerks three but based on the trailer that i watched it seems like they're back working at those original convenience stores and they decide hey what if we made a movie about what it's like to be clerks how'd that happen because like the second one they evolved and moved on or at least one of them did. Yeah, well, Kevin Smith didn't. Yeah. Or he just forgot. Whoa, I made that. Ooh. Well, Kevin like Kevin Smith, he the thing with him is, I don't know how we keep getting off track of home movies, but Kevin Smith <laughs> keeps saying, okay, I've done this and I'm never going to do it again. Uh, yeah. Actually, I'll do it one more time. Because like, I remember during his podcast, specifically, somebody asked him, are you ever going to play Silent Bob again? He's like, no, never. It's just, you know, it's, it's cute when they're like 20-somethings just hanging out smoking weed, but in their forties and balding. Like that's just pathetic. Well, here we are. There's been at least two movies where he's played silent Bob since then. So. Right. Which has nothing to do with cartoons, except that there was a clerk's cartoon, which we never got to. Well, that's the silver lining. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't great. The best, the best part of that cartoon. There's two great things about that cartoon. One, the second episode was a flashback episode. Yeah. Um, where they're flashing back to things that never happened. And two, the fact that the DVD collection says it contains four never before seen episodes and there's six episodes on it. Yeah. Because that cartoon was canceled after two <laughs> showings. Okay. So, <laughs> so home movies here. Yeah. Um, this thing. You're the impression that I kind of hated this thing and I don't really. Um, but I took a pass on it back in the day. Mm. They show commercials and. You know, I don't think there's much distinction between the characters in home movies. They're all kind of the same vessel for describing a point of view. It's kind of like I was saying earlier about people who make videos where it's just themselves talking to themselves, looking the other direction. Mm. That's almost what this cartoon is. Um, some One person putting on a sketch, kind of. Um, eh, maybe a little bit. I I took a pass on its matters. It's, it, it's you know, uh, uh, it's it's fumbling sort of delivery about things, you know, but the thing is not only does a lot of entertainment talk that way, but like real life people do as well now. So, Mm -hmm. so jokes on me. (laughs) Yeah. guess I should have been watching this. I think it's okay. I think this is okay to have running on TV. The first season is very hard to watch. I have never seen every episode of the first season because it's Mm. so, it's like the music thing. It's so improvised that the plot actually gets bogged down and it's like, finish talking about this improvised thing and just go. 
And in the second season, yeah. they tightened up the writing some more and was like, okay, maybe not That's so good. much improvisation. We actually have a plot that we need to tell here. Yeah. This uh, this bottle of Coke is now starting to taste like oatmeal cookies, which is... Ooh. Yeah, it's not bad, actually. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I like home movies. Uh, like I said, first season, hard to watch. But after that, it gets somewhere. Oh, have you just provided the segue to our next cartoon? <laughs> have I? Uh, hard to watch. <laughs> oh, man. The most ex- Except it wasn't, wasn't really, but... <laughs> well, yeah, the... the, it, the most ex- it was something to watch. It was... Well, okay. Yeah. This thing that we're talking about is called Fables of the Green Forest. This is based on a series of children's books, which were published in the early 1910s by Frank L. Baum. No, <laughs> Fortin W. Burgess. Uh, <laughs> this was like early, like 1910s kind of thing. Yeah, yeah as you um, say, contemporaries to Oz books. Yes, and this is an anime that was produced based on this in 1973. And then it came into um, other places in 1978. It, I'm not 100% sure this ever aired in the United States, actually. I think it did. Well, I'm looking like, here. Think... It aired in Australia, Canada, Hong Kong, Ireland, New Zealand, the UK, and South Africa. I think we were... Well, I think I remember watching it on, like, KCTS 9. Which is like huh. Seattle Tacoma, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, actually, uh, here on Canada, I'm 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 on the Wikipedia page for it. Um, oh yeah. Let's see: Italy, Germany, Spain, Romania, Portugal, Venezuela, the United Kingdom, Canada, and on Canada, it has um, one of the uh, networks that it aired on, the Knowledge Network, which is right. pretty close to KCTS nine. Hmm. Uh, let's see, uh, Saudi Arabia, Australia, Ireland, Israel, the <laughs> Emirates, Nigeria, Cyprus, New Zealand, Brazil, Netherlands, Malaysia, Singapore, Indonesia, South Africa, Namibia, Hong Kong, Trinidad and Tobago. No mention of the United States anywhere on here. Well, you missed out. Yeah, well, okay. Um, I've gone in depth on where this did and did not air, but what is it? Uh, it's just a cartoon about some forest animals who some of them wear clothes. Yep. That's kind of it. Okay. Uh, there were how many episodes? Was it 52? There's 13, I think. Oh, no, 52. There's 52? Yeah. Well, I think there's only 13 dubbed. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this is the final episode, which is called Johnny's Hibernation. By the way, uh, one of the main characters here is Johnny the Woodchuck, so that's him. Okay, okay, let's let's see how I, I can do here. It's wintertime, and Peter the Rabbit, who has a voice like Bullwinkle the Moose, is going around telling everyone that he wants to have a party for Johnny before he goes into hibernation. With all the other animals who are also going into hibernation. Which, you know, I'm just realizing now, hey, wait a minute, why are you just singling out Johnny just because he's the main character of this show? Well, I mentioned like uh the old toad has already started hibernating. Yeah, yeah. Being uh, cold-blooded. Yeah. This is this is going to be hard to recap because it's 70s anime, which means it's barely animated and barely anything <laughs> happens. 
There's it varies. Lo- there's lots of dialogue, and it's all very badly localized. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, Peter talks to this one. Peter talks to that one. Yeah. Peter talks yeah. to Chatterer the Squirrel about storerooms. Sammy the Blue Jay, who... I was looking for voice credits on this because... Oh, boy. Here's, you can't find them. Here's something for the Canadians in the world. Sammy yeah. the Blue Jay, his voice kind of varies a bit, but there's a bunch of times where he starts to sound like uh, Casey from Mr. Dress Up. Oh, huh, interesting. Maybe, I don't know. Anyway, nobody outside Canada knows what that is. And in fact, most people in Canada who are listening to this podcast don't know what that is. Hmm. Um, Okay. So, yeah, Sammy the Blue Jay shows up. They talk about nothing. They laugh about nothing. <laughs> Party for Johnny the day after tomorrow at noon at the Lonesome Pine. I do like that there is a sort of adversarial relationship between Chatterer and, and the Blue Jay. <laughs> He's like, hey, don't, don't you ask about my storage. I'll yeah. cut you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, now Johnny the Woodchuck is getting sleepy with his Woodchuck girlfriend, Polly. And then Peter shows up. And then Reddy the Fox shows up. And Reddy wants to come to the party, too. They are wary, but according to Sammy, Reddy ate a chicken. Everyone laughs. And then (laughs) Polly remembers how biology works and speculates that maybe the fox will be hungry again in two days. You think? (laughs) Okay, it's party time now. The animals eat. Nothing happens. Except Peter starts to realize how few animals will still be around during the winter. It's like him and Prickly or something and Sammy and Reddy. Everyone laughs at the idea of Reddy being included. Oh, speaking of which, Mm. Reddy is nearby looking at the party with slathering intent. Oh, he's super funny. (laughs) (laughs) But by the way, there's like no voice credits for this thing. Yeah. What do you think about Reddy? Um, my first thought looking at Reddy was to go to the wiki. Actually, the reason that I went to the Wikipedia was to see if he had a different name in Japanese. I'm sure he does. Okay. Actually, now that I think of it, maybe he doesn't because these are based on English books. Yeah, probably. Um, because he wears this pink scarf Mm. and there's a wolf who's colored like a red fox and wears a pink scarf in Animal Crossing named Chief. Oh. So I was like, I wonder if he's Chief, but, uh, Apparently not. But to me, he sounds quite a bit like James Avery. He's he's trying. He's he's very junkier. Well, I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. yeah, The records are gone. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So after the commercial, the hibernating animals start to get sleepy. Sammy decides to wake them up by crying wolf, by which I mean fox, by which I mean ready. But But it's just a prank. No one actually realizes that ready is actually there. And then the weasel shows up. I didn't catch his name. I'm not sure he has one. Um, I don't think so. They try to wake up Buster the bear to protect them. Mm -hmm. Um, Reddy comes and chases Peter around for a bit and steals a fish. Uh, Mm -hmm. Sammy helps fend off the weasel. More Mm -hmm. time is wasted talking about nothing. Specifically, they talk about the details of hibernation for the different animals. And then it starts... Well, that's kind of what you'd want, right? I guess. In this kind of cartoon. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it starts snowing and the party breaks mm. up so everyone can hibernate. Polly and Johnny part ways. They're not going to sleep together, obviously. Oh, my God. Take, well, no, she she like is giving every hint she can. And he's like, <laughs> well, I guess I'll see you in the spring. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I could sure go for a cup of coffee. Yeah, you better get home in a hurry. 
I'm making that up, but yeah, it's kind of yeah, how it yeah, plays. Yeah. <laughs> um, Peter races back to Johnny's house with him, and he gets sad when Peter when Johnny goes inside to sleep. Hmm. Sammy and Chatterer squabble one more time. Peter says goodbye. Narrator says goodbye, and that's the end. Um, now, one thing that's interesting here in my efforts to find voice credits, I there's a YouTube channel that is just all these episodes in a playlist. Yeah. And it starts with like the first video is the opening credits or the opening oh, the title sequence. The thing that everybody remembers. Yeah. Like, I didn't remember the show very well. I, I remember it, but not really. But of course, everyone remembers the green forest. Well, I remember good, like, good I remembered the show existing. It's like I alluded to last week. Like, I remember the show yeah. existing. I just couldn't remember what mm. it was. And then when you said that, mm. I was like, oh, that's what that was. So I guess that's what yeah. my big takeaway this week is. I remember what this cartoon is called. Um, and you can file it away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the point is, no. the yeah. point is, I watched to find, see if there was any voice credits. I watched the opening title sequence and then yeah. YouTube started auto-playing the first episode. Mm. The first episode is, well, hang on. I still have the, it's called Spring Comes to the Green Forest. And it starts with mm. snow falling. And I guess it's about everybody waking up. Coming up, from, yeah. So, like Pink Floyd's The Wall, this is a circular thing. Mm-hmm. So you can watch it over and over and over again. I, Which we did, or at least I did as a kid. And a lot of a lot of kids of about our age, it's like burnt into their brain, at least the theme song. Uh, um, yeah, well, the theme song came back to me, but it wasn't like it was yeah. buried in my oh, brain. Okay. I it's not like I said, well, I didn't remember what the show was called. Yeah. 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 Once you once you kind of sang it a little bit, I was like, oh, yeah. 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 But yeah, you know, hmm? you, you talked about 70s anime. For one, I think the animation is varied in this. I think for, sometimes it's it's quite limited, the, <laughs> like. The, the 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 flying the wings flapping like nink, 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 you know just like on off um but there's some pretty good animation here too like the weasel prowling is pretty good um there's so it mixed what is animated is animated well it's just that it's yes. animation for like a second that they loop true well yeah so yeah, yeah. <laughs> peter eats that the, the, carrot the, the, the same way twice oh he's gonna have diarrhea <laughs> you're not supposed to feed a bunny so many carrots um also, thinking about eating, what? Okay, so some of them are eating fish, yeah. and and Reddy escapes with the fish. Yes, it's like this is not just this show, but other shows have to wrestle with is when when they have societies of animal characters. But it's like who gives enough about fish? They're still just animals. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know Usagi or Jimbo rides a horse. Yeah, Miyamoto and, and Usagi, he, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess. Uh, well, there is also, predation. I mean, you know, Reddy's trying to eat yeah. the prey animals. Well, sure. But they have like, well, at the very least, they have a sense that there's someone and the fish is just an animal. I guess. It's in a lot of stuff. I think it's in, in brand new animals. Well, anyway, um, uh, there's a weird inversion of cartoon logic here. So you know how in cartoons, the girl character is usually wearing clothes head to toe? <laughs> yeah. yeah. In this one, Johnny's got a jacket and she's totally nude. Yeah. Oh, she's got a big puff um, on her chest or yes. whatever. A suggestive puff. Yeah. Um, now, 70s anime is like, I feel like there should be a term for this. The number of shows that had a boy and girl little critter. Heh. <laughs> 
there's like so many of them. I know one I can think of. There's a couple of squirrels in. Uh, I have your written Slipping Beauty, but it's not, that's not it. It's, uh, Swan Princess. Okay. And the Swan Princess anime, for one example. But yeah, hmm. it was like a thing in those days. Yeah. Um, hmm. What else to say about this? Uh, oh, um, I did like this. I was in my seedy furry hangout, uh-huh. and this came up, so people just took a minute to watch watch it. And in the theme song, they uh, run down all the characters. Yep. And one person was deeply hurt by the lyric, the mean old badger growls. <laughs> <laughs> the mean old badger growls. Oh, poor badgers. Badgers get a bad rap. Um, mm. Thinking about this era and Knowledge Network, mm. you know what it is? I think... I think they got feeds from KCTS nine. So I think I identify with that, but it's, it might be, it might be a case where this is purely Canada knowledge network. Yeah. I think, um, I think that that channel KCTS nine was the, the public access channel. Um, yeah, yeah. I think they were aware that it overlapped between Washington state and British Columbia. Like, I guess so. Yeah. Hmm. Um, um you know, Getting back to way earlier when I was talking about shows that I wanted to show the end of, it might not have made any difference because I don't think you even know the show. Mm-hmm. Do you know the uh, the Adventures of Jeremy the Bear? Not off the top of my head. It's stop motion. It always seemed very odd to me because Jeremy looks like he's got Oxhorn's hairstyle, you know, with two buns on his head, mm-hmm. like, like, like Sailor Moon, right? All right. Um, I guess those are his ears. But anyway, um, he sings like, I'm a... I'm, I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember exactly. It's a, it's a, I'm a little bear named Jeremy. I can do most anything. I can dance and I can sing little songs like Do Re Mi. Hmm. Does that, does that conjure anything for you? Really vaguely. Like my, like there's something yeah. in my brain that's kind of like, huh? Yeah. I, it's got a different name. It, it, it's like a Polish French invention. <laughs> Kalagul or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, I was I was thinking of finding its season finale, but that is some serious lost media. Yeah. Like the first episodes out there and maybe like one other random one, but yeah. Well, this one there's yep. one of my favorite quotes. I I remember it from Roger Ebert, but he might have gotten it from someone else. I don't remember. Okay. Um but the quote is is this movie more entertaining than watching a blank screen for the same amount of time. <laughs> yes. Uh, I guess I watched this cartoon as a kid rather than turning yep. the TV off. So, or, or turning yourself around to that <laughs> wall or something. Yeah. But as an adult, I'm watching this like, boy, this is going nowhere and has nothing to say. Maybe it's just this specific episode, but no, I think they're all like, this. yeah. It, yeah. But like, I don't know. Um, personally, I was laughing. <laughs> I thought the voice acting is hilarious. Like when it's you first bad. heard the voices, when you first heard them, didn't you think it might've been a parody dub you were listening to? It did occur to me that maybe this wasn't cause like the first like yeah. three voices were the same. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're all, they're all, they're all Bullwinkle. Like, <laughs> yeah. Think about that. Think about that Bullwinkle voice and apply it to yeah, a yeah. bunny rabbit. Like, oh, that, that's, that skunk is hilarious, too. Yeah. It, it, I don't know this. What do you want me to say <laughs> this? No, no, that's it. That's good. Yeah, this <laughs> at least. But you know what? I'm glad. And on a hot I'm, note. I'm, I'm <laughs> glad that I can finally put that little nagging thing to rest of. OK, 
that cartoon about the animals. Fables of the Green Forest is what it's called. Now they're right. Yay. Um, hmm. Okay, so I guess with that, we're reaching our own finale here. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I think this will just become a new chapter for us. I mean, you've, you've got your own, um, your own plans and struggles. Yeah, you've got your struggles, but I think this is an opportunity to adopt something new, you know? Yeah. To have a fresh look at stuff and find something you like. Yeah, it was, it it was, this was a fun little journey. Um, I, I gotta say, you are a doer. Like, well, I would mention doing this. I would, I would, I would just mention like, oh, we maybe like as a one-off joke, you know, like, ah, we make the best podcast where we talk about cartoons. Now, as it turns out, yes, if I'm the audience, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, a great yeah, podcast, yeah, yeah, yeah. but, uh, yeah. So, um, but yeah, it wouldn't exist if you hadn't decided that, you know what, you keep saying that let's make a podcast. So, well, I was the same way as you. Like it's, it's, I was I was the same way, like, yeah, that would be a good podcast. I wonder if we should do it. And then finally, I was just like, you know what? I, I've i learned a bit about podcasting now. I've re- done some research. Let's see what happens. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and, so, it, and it was interesting and fun. It was fun. I mean, you know, we... Before this podcast, you know, you and I have been great friends for, like, 25 years. But it's not like we would talk, no, we don't talk hang all out, that really. often. Yeah. Um, no. And so this was a nice excuse, you know, for... Almost every week, 100 weeks over the last two years, uh, we have had a conversation every week. And right. that's been pretty fun. And like before, before even the, sh- the show, we talk about all kinds of stupid stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah it's fun. So I um, guess from a selfish standpoint, it was fun for us to communicate. And we're going to keep communicating. Don't worry. So, we got, we yeah. got other stuff going on. Um, sure. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll probably make some more art. Yeah. So hold me to that, folks. Um, I don't know what I'll do. I want to run that Avatar role-playing game, but first I got to get my health sorted out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh, all, oh actually, another thing that I, I, I meant to mention during my news thing. Yep. Did you notice, so I've mentioned this <laughs> seedy website that I stream cartoons from. Sure. Are you outing them now? Well, no, I'm not going to say who they are. Okay. But I am going to say that over this past week... They've suddenly yeah. decided that they have no money and oh. they've decided that from now on, you can only watch the first five minutes of a video unless you pay for the premium subscription. Oh, so huh. we're basically ending this podcast just as my source of cartoons dries up. <laughs> There's like three or four other ones. but okay. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, I, I just just type in kiss and then some other noun and you've got a cartoon that has a bunch of... Well, I'll be careful about which uh, noun I type in, but yes. <laughs> right, exactly. Okay. Um, all right, I guess uh, I got some special thanks to uh, Frank Welker, yep. uh, John Stevenson, June Foray, and Tress McNeil for being ever-present. Mm. And, you know, all the fine staff that are involved in, in Hanna-Barbera, MGM, Warner Brothers, Hasbro, Disney, TMS, Deke, Studio Mushi, and, you know, tons more. Mm. And uh, I guess all you stalkers out there, uh, you're going to have to do without my slurring and brain fogs and noisy cats. Hmm. Uh, thank you to our various sponsors, Geppel's Goo, One Geppel's Ring. Goo. Um, yes. Our, our video game that flew off the shelf so fast that you can't find it anymore. Yeah, n- yeah. No, now no user base anymore. Yeah, yeah, we're shutting down yeah. servers on that one. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh... I'm still on Twitter. 
for now, my handle is still AC Matsy, although the AC isn't going to be relevant for very long. So maybe I'll change it to something else. I don't know. Well, get yourself an air conditioner. Oh, okay. There we <laughs> go. Makes oh, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Yeah, yeah. And I'm at Drab Swatch, and I guess I'll keep posting some cartoon nonsense. Yep. And you can still tell me what to watch and uh, tell me what to talk about, too, because yeah. I'm quite boring. Yeah. And, you know, just talk to me about whatever. Doesn't have to be cartoons. Um, try not to talk to me about wrestling. It sucks. Um, <clears throat> oh, I never gave. Oh, I guess one last wrestling update for you, Micah. Um, oh, the, good. The first inductee in the 2023 WWE Hall of Fame is going to be Rey Mysterio. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> and with that, yeah, uh, I guess let's go out the way that we came in, uh, all saluting the Celery Stalker slogan. Goodbye, goodbye, until next spring, goodbye.